welcome to another episode of the Small Council Radio, a.k.a. a bunch of nerds just sitting around and talking about a game that we love. So tonight we've got Justin and Jose. Uh, is Chris on today? He's not on yet, no. Okay, so we've got Justin and Jose and myself, and we're going to go into a little bit of a buying guide for uh, the Starks, Lannisters, Neutrals, and Targaryens. Uh we're doing a lot of our focus on newer players, getting people into the game and kind of uh, expanding on that front. So we're going to kind of cover what you should be buying uh, besides the respective um, a starter box, if it applies, and uh, why you should be buying it and kind of where to go from there. So um, welcome. So we can start with uh, Lannisters, I guess which obviously the Lannister starter box comes with the Stark half as well. So um, it comes with Cersei and Tyrion as NCUs. It comes with Gregor and Jaime as commanders. You get a unit of Mountain's men, two units of guardsmen. You get uh, two guard captains to go with the guardsmen, uh, and then a unit of halberdiers with an assault veteran. Um Honestly, it's probably going to be the universal answer for almost every uh, starter box, but I suggest that you open up by buying uh, the Heroes 1. Uh, you're going to get access to Pycelle, the only three-point NCU for the Lannisters. You get access to Tywin, who is a, an amazing NCU, as well as a solid commander. Uh, you get the Battlefield version of Tyrion, uh, who's one of the strongest commanders in the game still. And you get the Hound, who will help you build your uh, Clegane list, get you that uh, Clegane keyword for a unit that isn't the Clegane Mountainsmen. And let's see, Pycelle, Tywin, Battlefield Tyrion, the Hound, and the High Sparrow, who is uh, the in-house NCU commander. And he unlocks a whole uh, a whole different style of list, Um a whole different, basically, a sub-faction within the faction, the faith militant. So I'm saying that you start with the Heroes box, and then we can uh, we can kind of go from there. But do any of you guys disagree? Would you start with something outside of the Heroes box? Are we talking about uh, instead no. of the Snarter? No, he's yeah, saying, like, I mean, obviously the Snarter, like, you're going to go I was just saying you're right. going to start with the starter box and then what okay. should your first purchase be? Yeah, I would definitely say the starter because uh, that'll that'll give you a better feel for the faction as a whole because as we all know, commanders dramatically change up your play style. So uh, you want to you wanna find where you sit best within a faction. There might be certain commanders in the game that are technically better than others, but maybe your play style leans towards a different commander than others do so you definitely want to have the options to be able to explore that yeah i think starting with the hero box it also gives you um just more variety like so if someone who's new um the starter box will give you a good a good feel like, like justin said a good feel for the army um a lot of the base units and then you can um get to know and add different variety with the commanders and things of that nature so i, I think it's always a, a good buy is the, the hero box one so here's the question, and I, I'm guessing that this answer is probably going to be a no across the board. Do you see any way that someone just dives right in, like outside of thematically, like I just really want to play Joffrey? 
do you see any reason to make your very first purchase uh, Joffrey in the Kingsguard? Is there, is there any way feasibly you think that someone could build a starter kit army from what comes in the box paired with Joffrey, the commander, or just mixing in those uh, maybe Joffrey NCU and the Kingsguard? Do you, do you feasibly see that happening, or do they need a wait to buy uh, Lannister Heroes 2 later? I'm definitely on the side of Lannister Heroes 2 comes a little bit later. It is a really good box. It gives you some really, really nice attachments. I would find it really, really hard, though, to just plug the Kingsguard box, which is basically what uh, Lannister Heroes 2 is. It's the Kingsguard box with Joffrey. I would find it really difficult to plug that box into what you get in the starter kit and be able to build a list that's even reasonably competitive. Uh, I would I would agree, just because like other armies, the Hero Box 2 has more different commander options and stuff, but for Lannisters, um, definitely do Hero Box 1, because I, I, I think the only reason, like you said, to do that with Joffrey is for thematic reasons, like if you really want to run that. But, you know, it only brings you just the one commander and then a bunch of attachments. And I think also at that point, too, you don't even have the, a good variety to, like, make use of the attachments to their full potential. So, like, I would even I would even put Hero Box 2, like, further down the line, even past Hero Box 1, like, have to buy more units and different things like that, then pick up Hero Box 2 for Lannisters. That's, that's my suggestion, though. I think from a competitive side, like, if, if you're getting into the game and you know you want to uh, play in local tournaments and bigger tournaments or you want to be someone who's winning a lot of events or whatever, then, yeah, I think Heroes Box 1 is the way to go. But I think a lot of, especially newer players, since that's kind of what we're focusing on, that's not really their intention in the beginning. So you may have... I don't I don't see anyone liking Joffrey's character from, like, the show or the books or anything, but I could see people really wanting to play the Kingsguard uh, and people who like uh, like knightly figures and, and shiny armor and swords and sword and board kind of stuff uh thematically i think they would definitely want to play kingsguard um so i could i could see new players especially wanting heroes box too uh just from a competitive standpoint though definitely uh heroes box one's going to to give you better options due to the multiple commanders and attachments and ncus while uh heroes box two has one ncu one commander and then a bunch of bunch of bros yeah, and, and to be honest, um, outside of that, maybe from a, a, a hobby standpoint, I have seen some really, really, really beautiful uh, versions of the Kingsguard. I've seen them painted, you know, the like the ivory white. I've seen them with, like, gold armor. I've even seen some in a silver armor. Uh, it gives you a lot of creativity. They are some of the better sculpts in this range. So uh, from, a, from a hobbyist standpoint, it's definitely a good box to buy. Uh, they're just super nice models, and, and, and you've got a lot of uh, uh, versatility with what you can do as far as painting them. They're just armored with big shields and, and uh, flowing cloaks. I think they're fantastic sculpts. But uh, uh, honestly, the only other thing I could think besides Heroes 1 uh, you might make as your very first purchase is Knights of Castle Rock. And interestingly enough, they came with the Hand of the King box uh, when you did that whole Kickstarter with the Hand of the King, that they gave you a box of Knights of Castle Rock. So they are a very, very, very good unit. They've been a good unit since the game released. They've, they've stayed a good unit. They've stayed relevant. Um, 
even with the change to panic and Lannister supremacy, I think they're scarier with the change to panic than they were before. Um, that's for another conversation. But I could see somebody maybe just taking the starter box, throwing in Knights of Castle Rock, and, and maybe running with that for a little while. Um, but I think at least next on your purchases is Knights of Castle Rock. I think they're not necessarily a must-have, but they do so much for the Lannister army, giving them some giving them some mobility, giving them a really good defensive unit. Um, it's outside of the Kingsguard and the Faith Militant. They have a morale six, which can only be found uh, with halberds and the Knights of Castle Rock. So they're pretty stout, three plus defensive save, and then obviously when they charge, I mean they hit like a truck. So they are definitely going to be on your list of things that you want to buy. I couldn't agree more. Uh, Calvary, too, just uh, for a newer player, because Calvary are so different than everything else, uh, just in the way that they play, their ranks, their movement, everything, uh, their line of sight, essentially, that you definitely want to have some form of Calvary. And for Lannisters, you're going to either go with that or you're going to go with Flaidman. Uh, so you definitely want to at least experience that. Plus, I mean, even if they weren't in a Lannister unit or army, they're still such a powerful unit. Um, they can, if you, if you mess up, obviously you can get them bogged down and then they're worthless, but, um, they are, they're incredibly good at, uh, keeping your opponent on their back foot. They've got that 360 line of sight. They can get across the field to objectives when you need them to. And like you said, they're also extremely defensive with fairly good defensive offense output through Lannister supremacy. So definitely a good place to go. Did you have anything you wanted to add, Jose, or is that pretty much the consensus here? No, I, I would agree with you. I mean, I don't, I don't have a whole lot to add to that. Um, yeah, I mean, even when I when I, I had a Lannister army for a little bit, um, and I, I literally made the purchases in the exact way we just said it, where it was Eurobox 1 and then the Knights Castle Rock. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think I think that I agree with you guys 100%. So. And then I think I think basically from there it it kind of it kind of uh, it goes from there based on on your play style what you like and how you want to play. Um, you could if you like the High Sparrow and you like the concept of the Faith Militant, you're going to add some Warrior Sons, some Poor Fellows. Uh, poor Fellows and Warrior Sons are obviously good in any list but they're going to excel in a faith militant. So if you, if you like the style of super tanky and uh, high morale, uh, you're going to want to go ahead and invest in that. If you like the more, um, more crazy offense, like I'm just going straight for the kill. Uh, maybe you want to run that super scary unit of uh, mountain in the pyromancers and a Clegane list. You might go ahead and buy the pyromancers. They are a very, very good unit. Uh, they're obviously a really strong counter to anything with uh, heavy armor with champions of the stag on the horizon. Uh, they can deal with unsullied really well. We know that the pikemen have a three plus defensive save and they're immune to tokens. So pyromancers come to mind there. Um, they're a unit I personally really, really like. Uh, they're hard to get a lot out of. Uh, in most of the games I play them, they don't even get into the fight until you know, maybe round three or four, but they come in and they clean up whatever is left. So they're a unit I really like. Um, and then, uh, you can, I mean, you can't talk about it without Neutral Heroes 1, um, which is another possibility depending on what you want to do. If you, if you want to go all in 
with uh, Panic Heavy, Thirsty, and Roos. That's a really good combination. You've got Peter Baelish, who's an, a fantastic NCU. Uh, you've got Varus, who works really well with the Tyrion list. So, yeah, just reemphasizing, it's going gonna, it's gonna to depend on what you want out of your army and, and how you want to build it is going to be your next purchase. So you, they, they actually have a lot of options. The Lannisters can play a lot of different play styles, and they can do it really well. But I think they excel the most at a control style. And then, uh, obviously, the faith militant, the super tanky, super defensive, really high morale, really frustrating kind of tar pit uh, thing they've got going on. But uh, there, there's really a lot of options. So, again, it, it's going to depend on what you want to do. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think I think that's good advice across the board, like, for any army, right? So I think uh, when uh, someone just starts out, you know, getting a starter set and then hero box, and then their first unit is probably, I would, in my opinion, the most important. And then anything past their first unit after the hero box, I think it's really up to, I guess, you know, the player with their play style or what interests them. Um, you know, and I, I think um, I think there's tons of, like you said, there's tons of, tons of different routes you can go um, and where you want to focus and stuff. And I think having the hero box as your first purchase also helps you narrow down what styles you like because every commander brings their own style. So, it help you narrow it down. And let's say, like, you really like playing, you know, Tywin, then you can pick an, uh, units that focus on your play style with Tywin, you know, versus and kind of ignore the other ones for now, and then eventually you can flush it out. But, yeah, that's, that's a good way to go about it. I think um, also before we carry on, and this applies to any faction, um, if you really end up liking a certain attachment or something like that, a, a non-named attachment or anything, then you can, and you want more than what you've been given in a box and you don't want to buy, say, um, more starters to get to get assault bets or anything like that, uh, I would definitely look at uh, specific Facebook groups or uh, other, other things to get some from other players who may have excess. I know a lot of us who kickstarted it and then went to Adepticon the first year, we had or I at least had a ton of guard captains, assault bats and stuff like that. I eventually did get rid of my Lannisters, but um, I would say that's a route. If you don't want to be spending $35 just to get an attachment. Uh, there's also the attachment boxes coming out that aren't released yet that we know about. I don't remember what's in all of them, but that's something to look at as well. Just and know that you don't necessarily have to buy a unit to get an attachment. So that's all. I have to back myself up really quick and hold my role before we move on to Starks. Um, I can't believe I almost forgot to mention uh, maybe one of the best range units in the game, uh, Lannister Crossbowmen. Uh, for six points, they are a phenomenal ranged unit. Um, and they, they work in pretty much every list. Um, they're just so good. Um, so that's definitely something you would want to consider right along with Knights of Castle Rock. If you don't, if cavalry is not your jam and you want to do area control another way, uh, the Lannister crossbowmen fit perfectly. Uh, there's a number of attachments that make them even nastier. And then Cersei as an NCU, uh, it's a very classic, but very, very good combination. Plopping Cersei onto the swords, influencing a unit, taking a free shot, and then, you know, activating and shooting into that same unit with morale debuffs the entire time. I have seen crossbows just devastate armies. And uh, as you get into some builds like uh, all Umber armies, 
to be engaged with them. And you, and with Baratheons, you don't want to kill them in combat because you don't want to get hit with last stand. Uh, the crossbowmen are a fantastic way of uh, taking out a unit from range. So I cannot go on without talking about them. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I also like the cross on them too. Um, definitely something when I see across the field, I always look out for, uh, keep my attention on. So yeah, I, I would agree with you that if you don't want to do cavalry as your next buy, you could always do the crossbows. Um, and then I think, I think some like in the starter set for for Lannisters. I mean, I think they have a lot of like defensive capabilities, and then you know, obviously minus like the mountains men, um, they're going to be your heavy hitters. And I think having Either either one, either the cavalry or the crossbows, um, will give you the extra like umph that you need in the army. And then I think really, if you're debating between the two, it just depends on um, what you're looking for. I think, like you said, if cavalry's not your thing, then yeah, go with go with the crossbows for sure. That that's another good purchase too. It's good to have different unit types, like I had mentioned earlier too, so you can get your feel. And range units have a very good and unique place in this game. Uh, they're very vulnerable, but they can, especially crossbows, uh, like in Brett's Tyrion list, man, can they really change the game up with how many attacks you can end up giving them if you're smart. It'd be pretty devastating. Yeah, they're they're often a staple in Tyrion lists. Um, a lot of the Tyrion fanatics, uh, including Dave, actually, Will he will not run a Tyrion list without crossbows? My partner in uh, in the George Georgia's Free Sales League, uh, Richard, our Lannister player, he's the same way. He's adamant about running crossbows. Uh, Carlo as well, another phenomenal world worldwide known Lannister player. He does not run uh, Tyrion without crossbows. So, with that said, I think we can move on to the Starks, the other half of that Stark versus Lannister starter box. I uh, just want to put a plug in for Simon with this with this starter box. It is a brilliant design idea to introduce the game with a starter box that includes two factions. So you've got your, uh, whether it's your friend, someone in your family, you know, a lot of guys play with their wives. Uh, you buy one starter box and you're immediately ready to start unboxing and playing the game. Uh, there's not any need to go out and buy another starter box if you don't want to. You can get your feet wet with just that starter box and really get a feel for the game and, and then expand from there. So that is a brilliant thing that they've done. But uh, moving on to the Stark side of it, you get arguably, depending on who you ask, he might be the best commander in the game, uh, Rob Stark. Uh, he comes in the starter box, so he is very versatile. He works with not only what's in the starter box, but with basically every Stark unit. <laughs> I think Justin and I have talked about it, and it's like, well, neutral units too, but – like, what unit in a Rob list isn't just better because of Rob's cards? Uh, Rob is a fantastic commander. But in that starter box, you're getting two units of Stark Sworn Swords with Sworn Sword Captains. It's kind of a forgotten combo because of the Direwolf spam that we see more often than not. Uh, that's a conversation for another day. But the Sworn Sword Captain is a tried and tested attachment. He, he's just fantastic. Making the opponent, making the enemy vulnerable is so good, particularly in an army that basically thrives on, on combat and doing a bunch of damage. For one point, he is one of the best one-point attachments in the whole game. You get two units of the Sworn Swords with the Captain. You get a unit of Umber Berserkers, who, again, are tested and true. They're still as good today as they were when they came out. Fantastic unit. 
And then you get a unit of Stark Outriders who are another fantastic unit. They've done nothing but get better since the starter box came out. Um, I've seen Outriders uh, used to devastating effect. They're fast. They hit relatively hard. They've got a fairly stout um, morale value. So they're very, very good. So this is a really, really strong starter box, the Stark starter box. Um, from there, probably a little bit more difficult than Lannister's because you open up the box and it's immediately competitive. You go with Heroes Box 1 to get yourself Brandon Hodor, uh, Tully the Blackfish, Halland Reed, their NCU commander. But Heroes Box 2 isn't a bad first choice either because you get Rickon and Osha with Shaggy Dog for one point. You get some of the uh, – you get Mira Reed, you get Jojen Reed, and um, – help me out a little bit here. It's been Asirio uh, Pharrell and Arya. So Sansa, as a three-point NCU, comes in the starter box. You can buy Heroes 2 and unlock your second three-point NCU. And then Serio is a really, really strong attachment in Sworn Swords and, and a lot of the other units. So with this one, it's a tough call whether you go Heroes 1 or Heroes 2. Uh, it might be based on what you want to do thematically. But I don't think choosing one over the other is really a wrong choice. I would totally yeah, agree. I, it's, it's, oh, go ahead, Jose. No, go ahead, go ahead. Not how this works, but okay. <laughs> uh, so yeah, it definitely comes down to what you'd prefer. Like personally, I think, uh, even though I despise Starks, uh, I would go with Heroes Box One. But uh, maybe uh, I also don't like Wolves, so maybe I'm a little biased. Uh, but a lot of other people I could easily see going with Heroes Box Two. So I, what I was going to say is that Hero Box 2 has more attachments. So I would say um, if, you, if you really are, like, vibing with one of the commanders in the starter set and you think you're good and you won't get burnt out or whatever, um, grab Hero Box 2 and then, you know, expand your attachment uh, capabilities. And then if you're looking for some more variety, then I would say go Hero Box 1. Um, the only reason why I, my personal preference is to go for Hero Box 1 over Hero Box 2 um, is that, I mean, they're, they're all really good, but I think one of the biggest reasons would be Brandon Hodor. Um, I, and I think they're amazing. Um, and I think they're probably one, I mean, I could be wrong, but based on what I've seen, one of the most used attachments for the Starks. So I would say for that reason, maybe Hero Box 1. But like I said, if you really like any of your commanders in the starter set and you're good with them, then you can definitely do Hero Box 2 and just get some more um, attachment variety that way. Yeah, it's tough to overlook the Blackfish who comes with uh, Heroes Box 1. He's not only a really, really strong commander, he is an excellent, uh, he's an excellent attachment, uh, giving stalwart and hold the line. Um, Eddard is a really solid NCU and he's a really strong commander if you want to play aggressive. So again, yeah, it's just, it's just really tough. Um, from there, you've got similar choices as you have with uh, Lannisters. It's going to vary based on your play style, how you choose to play the game and some of the other choices you've made. If you chose Heroes Box 1 and you like Howland Reed, you might be inclined to buy a box of Kranichman Trackers. They are a specialist unit. They're really strong. They're really good. Um, if you've chosen Tully the Blackfish, you will need probably some Sworn Shields, maybe some Tully Cavaliers. Um, 
And then if you just want an all-around good unit uh, that can give anybody fit, a good place for any number of attachments, you could go with the Stark Bowman, uh, another ranged unit that's, that's really fantastic. The advantage to Stark starter box is if you want to play that cavalry game, you get a solid cavalry unit out of the right out of the box with the, the starter set. So you don't have to go into the Tully Cavaliers unless that's something that you want to do. But uh, it would be a really tough choice, and I think it's it's going to depend on your play style and the commander that you've chosen. Don't go yeah, with Tully Cavaliers. It's a trap. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I think you brought up a good point that um, when you mentioned about the Bowmen, I think the Bowmen are probably the most neutral next buy. You know, neutral meaning that, like, you know, they'll, they'll, they can kind of flow with a lot more, a lot of different commanders and a lot of different play styles. Um, that'd probably be, like, if you're maybe unsure still of, like, where you want to go or whatever, like, you can't go wrong with getting a box of Bowmen. Um, me, personally, just because of my play style, my first buy after the Hero Box was... Uh, it's totally Sworn Shield, but just because um, what attracted me to them was their defense. Uh, I thought that the Starks focus a lot on hitting and hitting hard, and, and they do a really good job at it. And then I thought it would be good to have a unit that could maybe hold some objectives pretty well. Um, so that was my that was my first buy. Um, but yeah, that's that's where I'm at with that. I don't really have anything else uh, in regards to this. I think everyone else covered it pretty well. Yeah, and I, I think with Jose mentioning the, the Tully Shields, they're actually a really strong unit to pair with those bowmen. So you can, the bowmen being able to shoot over any units in terrain, it's it's a really sound strategy to tank somebody with the Tully Shields and then just fire into combat with the bowmen. Um, I, I, uh, the Umber Great Axis, it's hard to overlook them. They They've had some changes since the beginning. They went from being auto-include in every single Stark list ever. Then they were probably even better and even more auto-include with their first patch. Now they feel a little bit more balanced. Um, I hate using the word nerf. Um, I don't think it's a very fair word. I think nobody was surprised when the first change came. And absolutely no one was surprised when the second change came. I think the, the great axes are right where they should be. They're still a really, really good unit. They're misleadingly defensive. And they're still a massive threat to anything on the battlefield, but particularly anything with high armor. So uh, great axes are always going to be a solid choice uh, if you can find them. But with that said, they, they seem to be coming around a little bit more, and they've come a little bit more available. And uh, – I'm going to go ahead and plug in there that Neutral Heroes 2 might not be a terrible choice for Stark. They don't innately have as much control as the Lannisters have, and they kind of lack a little bit of healing. Um, I think Tycho is a fantastic choice for a Stark list, uh, particularly in conjunction with Eddard as NCUs. You can take an army that does a lot of damage but doesn't necessarily have staying power, and then you can give them some staying power by adding those two NCUs. Uh, Dario Naharis is, I mean, he was meant for, for Stark Sworn Swords. As far as a five-point unit goes, well, what five-point unit do you want to put Dario in? Uh, Stark Sworn Swords, they're fantastic. Uh, they turn into little cruise missiles. Uh, even his commander actually works really well in Starks. Uh, 
Chris from Mythico Studios won a big uh, national tournament with Dario Commander leading Starks. Uh, so I don't, and, and then Walter Frey, you know, since they don't have a whole lot of control elements, Walter Frey is a good addition to a Stark army to kind of plug in that gap. So just mentioning there, I, I, I guess we kind of forgot to cover them for Lannisters because it's a strong choice for Lannisters as well. But I think it's a little bit of a stronger choice for Starks because it does more uh, gap filling for the Starks than, than what it does for Lannisters. It kind of strengthens what Lannisters already do, whereas for Starks it fills in some gaps. Yeah, I guess uh, I did. Like you said, we had forgotten. Uh, some of my most frustrating games to – actually, I don't, I don't think I've won. But uh, a Eddard with Tycho-MCU combo is – very difficult to get through, especially if your opponent's playing a more defensive list. He's got Blackfish Commander sitting in something, giving him Stalwart. Uh, he's got more healing than, like, I mean, between Eddard and Tycho, that's upwards of, like, 17 wounds back uh, incrementally and across the army. So it's very difficult to contend with, especially if you're already struggling to get units down uh, while still keeping fairly decent defense naturally as a Stark. Uh, so Heroes Box 2 definitely works really well with them. Did you have anything to add in that regard, Jose, or did we pretty well pretty well cover what we needed to cover there? Uh, no, I think, I think you guys covered it. I don't have any other different opinions than you guys. Okay, just pointing out one more incredibly frustrating combo there before we move on. Uh, Rickon and Osha, uh, they are super, super, and super strong uh, because they bring Shaggy Dog. But another element that I don't necessarily always see uh, people take advantage of with Rickon and Osha is, is the trap. So they're, uh, they're worth an additional victory point. So it's, it's a unit that your opponent wants to target and kill to get that extra point. But uh, Osha has go down fighting. So a lot of times, particularly Starks play for the swords anyway, but if they have the swords and it's D3 wounds each time they lose a rank, uh, it can be kind of a like a no-go situation or you commit to going in there and then you realize that you're almost taking as many wounds as they're taking. Now you add Tycho into the mix and just out of nowhere, he can heal them back up at least one full rank uh, situationally too, and then you have to deal with go down fighting again, and and then you have to make a business decision: do I do I commit to this kill and take massive casualties, or do I do I abandon ship? And uh, I think the Rick and Osha trap can be really 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 strong, and it can it can take your uh, enemy's Alpha Striker and basically cripple them so badly that they're not able to do what they need to do. We were just talking about this recently, right? Uh, you and I, uh, Bastard Girls. Yeah, we start yeah, chucking we, them forward with yeah, Arya, yeah. and then be like, all right, swing or run, your choice. Either way, you're dead. Yep. Yep, essentially. I, I haven't seen anybody do that combo. It's probably been done, so I'm not going to pretend I came up with it, but I have been running uh, Rickon and Ocean in a unit of Bastard Girls. Um, I, take our, I shoot them up the flank, and then I take Arya and use her free maneuver at the start of a round where I have priority, then I grab the swords to do the charging volley. And then at that point, I'm engaged with you. And you've probably taken a pretty substantial amount of damage from the Bastards Girls. And then you have a really bad choice. Do you turn around and attack the Bastards Girls because they're attacking you? 
if you do and you they they die quickly because of their six plus defensive save, but do you really want to take D three more wounds? But at the same time, they haven't activated, so you do you just stand there and let them punch you a second time? It's it's a really really good trap play, and it can work really really well. It it did great for me. Yeah, Brett's a mean person. Avoid uh, him. Horrible. Yeah, it's with it's Rob Commander as well. Um, just really really nice synergy being able to do tactical regroup, retreat, heal them up, and then trigger charging volley basically for free. If they manage to pin you down, it's like ha I have Rob and I am not pinned down. And now you can even turn around and shoot shoot somebody in the ass and then charge them in the ass. Rob is disgusting, but that's for another day as well. I I think we can move on from the Starks though and uh, talk about neutrals. They don't inherently have their own starter box per se. Uh, you're going to have to buy into. Uh, realistically, you have to buy neutral heroes to get their deck. Uh, that's going to give you Roos and Ramsey, potentially their two strongest commanders. And then from there, you have to kind of piece the army together one box at a time. Uh, neutrals are not an army that a lot of people play. Boy, Justin in the chat here, but uh, guys who play neutrals and neutrals only, I have a lot of respect for them. They're, they're usually really, really strong players, and they're, like, they're playing an army that's not necessarily the best because they, it's difficult to balance the neutrals because they're available to almost everybody. So outside of their super strong and versatile deck, the units, outside of Cutthroats, who are arguably the best five-point unit, uh, some of their other units are kind of specialist units, and they're not necessarily going to jive with each other the best. Uh, you're kind of having to piece things together and make ends meet with them. But uh, Justin does really well with, uh, with neutral, so I expect him to kind of take the lead on this and, and point us in the right direction. So... I'll say you got to buy Neutral Heroes 1 to get your deck. Where do you go from there, Justin? Uh, so I guess before I go into that, I think it's really funny how I ended up getting all my neutrals. So I kickstarted the game, and I think I ended up like just randomly trading random parts of my Kickstarter, and I ended up with, like I think, four Bastard Girls and three Flademen and one Cutthroat. And boy, was that like the most difficult situation ever learning. Not good with Bastard Girls, so they were just dying. Flademen were pretty awesome back then, but they were 10 points. So I had this really like hodgepodge, like really dumb army that just didn't work. I lost so many games in the beginning. But the obvious thing after Neutral Heroes won, because like you said, you need the deck, uh, you need cutthroats to fill in your battle line. When you're new and learning, you're, you can do well with, well, you could do well with Flademen. You could do well with Flademen. I'll be nice today. Uh, <laughs> but uh, cutthroats are kind of your bread and butter right now. There's, they're what fills your list, gives you activations. They hit ridiculously hard, but they do die ridiculously fast, so you need to make sure that you're hitting harder and first before they hit you, because the moment cutthroats get hit, they're, they're kind of useless. But you need, I think when they finally got released retail, I ended up buying three more to give myself at least four cutthroats to choose from. I might have five now. I don't know. I don't keep track of these things. But, um, so definitely cutthroats. I personally have been using Blackguard a little more lately. Um, so that's, if you can find them, in fact, actually, I think if you can find them, even if you don't want to play them, I would, I would probably recommend maybe picking them up, uh, because they're, they're very difficult to find at times, but maybe they're easier to find now. Um, and then, I don't know, I pretty much stick to Boltons, but, uh, 
after that, would you guys say Neutral Heroes 2, or should you maybe go find some Stormcrow Mercs? Because obvious reasons with that. Uh, I mean, I feel like you would need more than just Cutthroats, right? So, like, Cutthroats would be a first purchase, and then I feel like you would need something else. I mean, um, oh, so yeah, I don't know if I would... kind of mixed it up. <laughs> well, I was going to say, I don't, know, uh, I don't know if I would jump to Hero Box 2. I'd get another, probably another unit or two. Yeah, sorry, I was totally forgetting that uh, because I kickstarted, I didn't have to buy boxes of Bastards Girls and Flayed Men. Um, I I would definitely get two boxes of Bastards Girls. I would lean heavy into the Bastards Girls, but I'm I'm a Bastards Girls lover. Uh, but you should definitely, that's your range unit for the army outside of Stormcrow Archers. Uh, but they're a hybrid, so, uh, but they're they're powerful. They can easily turn the tide of the game if things go your way. So, Bastard Girls are definitely something you should be grabbing a hold of. And then Flayed Men for the same Calvary reasons we've talked about in the past. But they're expensive uh, point-wise, so I wouldn't say you would need much more than one, maybe two, if you really wanted to go for it. What do so you like if you, if you were if you were to build a starter box, right? Because obviously there's not a starter box for neutral. So if you, as a, as a neutral player... If you were to build a starter box, right, what would you put in it? Like, if you were to give someone who's, who's like, hey, I want to play neutral, what should I buy? You're building them a starter box, what would you pick? So the starter box would have to just be Boltons, I think. Uh, and it would be, what, two Cutthroats, a Bastard's Girl, and Flayedman, along with Roos, Ramsey, like the stuff that came in the Kickstarter, essentially. Roos, Ramsey, Varus, Peter, um, Braun, and Brienne. That would be the perfect starter, I think. And that essentially is, uh, well, the Kickstarter kind of came with that stuff. Cutthroat's missing, but yeah. You would need two Cutthroats, Bastard Girls, Slade Men, and the attachments, definitely. Um, and then I guess maybe, maybe, I don't know, just off the top of my head, they would have two different starters. They'd have like Boltons, and because they're not mercenaries, but then they could have like a mercenary starter. And that could have the Stormcrows and... Um, bloody mummers in it with their assorted commanders and then the random attachments and stuff that came with them. That, that could be cool. Do you feel like you have to play like one or the other right now? Like, do you think... No, but I think, uh, I think in a starter, though, especially when it comes to a faction like neutrals, there would have to be some form of uh, thematicness to it because uh, um, it's it's like a force that works together. So uh, I And it, sure, they've sure. made it super easy because there's already... Uh, there's four Bolton units and then there's four mercenary units. Um, so I think it would be super easy for them to do one or the other or and or the other. Uh, and that would just be the natural way that it leaned. And you definitely do not have to play uh, one or the other. In fact, I occasionally, uh, not so often lately because I've been leaning towards Blackguard, but I've been uh, known to toss in Stormcrow mercenaries in place of cutthroats to try to give myself a little more defensive uh, power. I mean, they only got one more save, but I'll take what I can get. So, they're definitely not exclusive to one another. Yeah, for sure. No, that's a good point. So, what would you... So, like, after the starter box, what do you think you'd buy next? After starter box one and two? Mm, I would definitely be leaning towards uh, mercenaries, because I love me some Stormcrow, or sorry, Stormcrow mercenaries, because I love me some Stormcrow lieutenants. Uh, that would definitely be the next obvious choice for me. 
I guess maybe maybe there's some people out there that are like Zorse Rider lovers or like Bloody Mummer lovers. I don't I don't it's not me, but maybe there's some. <laughs> but uh, I think I think as a new player, I would recommend for sure going with uh, Stormcrow Mercenaries after you've kind of filled in the rest. Yeah, that's a pretty good point because I feel like everybody, a lot of people now that run neutrals, they do run the lieutenant. Whether or not they're running the Stormcrow themselves, a lot of them do run the lieutenant. So I think that's a good thing to add to the audience. That's a very good point. What do you got to say, Brett? I know you got something. Yeah, I think the Stormcrow Lieutenant is a really strong attachment, um, not just for the Stormcrows, but he gives uh, Bastard Girls some serious, serious teeth. Um, he also works really well in Cutthroats. Um, so I'm thinking I would probably go maybe for the box of Stormcrow, uh, the Mercenaries, uh, not just for, like you said, the five-point unit with a tiny little bit more defense, but uh, additionally, you know, unlock that uh, – unlock that attachment who really just kind of plugs into just about anything. So that would be, that would be what I would lean into. That kind of, um, I think for the most part, that kind of covers neutrals They're on their own. I think it's a lot more simple to talk about neutrals than uh, like how they affect other units or other armies, which we've kind of covered as we went. So that that more or less covers uh, what's a buy for neutrals. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty happy with that, and uh, we can we can move on. Um, I guess that takes us to our last faction to cover. Uh, the the very much maligned at the moment. Um, they're not getting a whole lot of love. The Targaryens, uh, currently ranked dead last in the Song of Ice and Fire stat. I have had to play them. Um, I've played them a few times for fun. I'm not going to pretend like. Um, I'm only playing them because I'm stuck playing them. They are a really fun army. I mean, they are all over the place. I believe they are a good army. They're maybe, they're just suffering from a meta that relies so heavily into activations, and their units are so glass cannony. If you don't have the cards that you need, uh, things really start to collapse for them. Um, I use Solo Jora. You can boo and jeer all you want. I, I think he's good. He's better <laughs> than what people make him out to be. His order is good. He's another activation. He creates his own weakened token. So if you're able to if you're able to control the engagement by, by using him widely, uh, he can survive a little bit better than what you think. But uh, with that said, um, it's a really cool starter box. It's all cavalry. Uh, really, really nice models. Um, <laughs> if you want to play with a painted army and you want to get an army painted and on the field fastest, this is probably the way to go. Um, and I think just a lot of people like them thematically anyway. Uh, Daenerys, Khal Drogo, the Dothraki. I guess you could really almost call the Targaryen starter box the Dothraki box. Uh, there's no, there's no Unsullied or, or any of that in the box. But uh, buy the, you buy the starter box. It's actually relatively competitive right out of the box. Um, you can, with a little bit of help from some neutrals, you can build a pretty comprehensive 40-point list, and uh, it can actually be pretty competitive. Um, Illyrio is one of the best three-point NCUs, arguably the best three-point NCU. Uh, Daenerys makes fast things already faster. 
Uh, Khal Drogo is a good commander, but I personally prefer Jorah. Uh, he's got three really good cards. They do different things. He's uh, similar to the High Sparrow. He's got one that heals, one for defense, and one for offense. Um, and so I, I like him. Uh, he would be the commander that I leaned into, but oh, the Dothraki veterans, they are so potent. Uh, possibly the most offensive unit in the game. They're like supercharged bastards girls. Um, outside of like pyromancers that don't allow defensive saves, they've got to be they've got to be the most potent, right? Uh, in terms of like them being able to kill something, yeah, they throw the most dice out of anything in the game. In like without without anything extra, they're throwing what uh, fifteen dice. Yeah, half I mean, of rolls. Yeah, it's it's insane. And they they survive yeah. a lot. Like they don't. They're not glass cannons. They're they're like dead center middle defensive, in my opinion. And they should, except for when they fail two panic tests in a row and explode. <laughs> I think that, we were watching that, that happened that. to me that, too, but I kept them alive. Sucked. That sucked so bad. I didn't keep mine alive. They they died to stagnant. <laughs> another another much maligned <laughs> unit. Everybody hates, but stagnant. I love stagnant. How dare you? Oh, I, 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 I think they're like good, too. Hat make a man. The yeah, coolest well, hat is the ass. best units, so Stagnite <laughs> yeah. wins. It was, really un, it was really unfortunate when I killed two ranks and they had enough left to spin the Stag Noble Order and punch me in the mouth and then turn around and punch me in the mouth again. So it was really unfortunate. So maybe that was what they had in mind when they designed the unit. Um you know, that they're very unlikely to be one-shotted because four-plus defense isn't horrible, and then a five-plus morale is pretty stout, and God forbid they're on their last rank and hit you twice because you're, you're probably pretty hosed. But uh, with that said, um, Screamers now have their own box, uh, so you could just go right into buying another box of Screamers and play with the starter box. If you want to do the all-cap thing, it's definitely competitive. It definitely works. Uh, you could buy a box of Flademen to add... Uh, some cavalry that has a three-plus defensive save. Uh, you could go for some cutthroats to kind of fill in a little bit of gaps. You could go with Storm Crow Mercenaries. Uh, Blackguard, if you want um, some infantry that can sit on an objective. Uh, Dothraki don't sit on objectives well. Um, or you could go with the Unsullied Swordmasters or the, uh, or the Targaryen Heroes 1. So I'm not a fanatical Targ player, so I, I know that, Jose, you play them quite a bit more than I do, which isn't hard to do, but uh, why don't you go ahead and uh, take the lead on this one? What what are you buying after you unbox that uh, starter set? So, I actually don't play Targaryens, fun fact, <laughs> and I don't own Targaryens or anything. <laughs> but uh, It's Chris. I don't know. Uh, Chris does. I, Chris, I, I know uh, yeah, Chris plays them. Um, I, I don't play them, but if I had to give uh, my opinion, then we can we can hop over to Chris. Is Chris on? Do we know for sure? Yeah, play. so I, he's he's unmuted now, and there he is right now. Okay, cool. Uh, Chris, well, what yeah, do you so got to we'll, say? We'll, we'll hop over to Chris. <laughs> so, um, once you get the starter, as we kind of talked about, I'm a big fan of just picking up the hero one box of any faction, and this one is no different because I like the stuff in it. But then you run into the problem that if you just have the starter in the hero box, you have nothing to really put the people in. So 
you have to go to what I personally like is the Swordmasters because those guys are awesome. They do lots the of truth. damage. <laughs> they do lots of damage. They're decent at taking damage. Now, um, under very specific attack, they're not going to hold out very long, but they can hold out decently, especially with their not taking token shenanigans, which I like a lot. Um, but also, what I have found useful is when you have the starter box and you know the whole point thing. There's a lot of higher point units in the Targaryen army. I like to go to like what Justin was talking about, the Stormcrow mercenaries, which at five points, and you have the lovely lieutenant in there that will help get some of your point costs down and kind of give you places to put some of your guys from Heroes 1. Now, you don't want to put, like, a commander in there because those Stormcrows are going to get nuked pretty quick. And they usually do when I play them, except for that one game. But that's my personal opinion. So I think... For me, I, I don't play them or anything, but I feel like I would agree with Chris, and I think your first purchase after Hero Box 1 should be either the Unsullied Swordmasters or the, um, I think, for like Brett mentioned, the Blackguard. Um, reason being is because um, I think that the the part, the, the, the game modes where Targaryens uh, suffer the most right now, I think it's anything with holding objectives. And so I think that kind of helps fill in that gap a bit. Um, cause I, right now I think they excel at anything that's just like straight killing, um, or, and, and, but anything with holding objectives is they're going to have a tougher time. So getting something with some more defense and that can hold, hold the, the line down a little better, I think it's going to help a lot. And also in my opinion, I actually don't think that the Targaryen army, although it's like really good. And I think, um, I think it is competitive out of the box. I don't think it's a like beginner friendly faction because it's an all cavalry army and because cavalry are they're, they're specifically the cavalry in that box are a little more delicate than most other cavalry. Um, so I, I feel like it's not really beginner friendly, like in general, like the army. Um, and then you also have the, the outriders who don't have a uh, close combat value, which is for someone who's beginning, maybe tough to get around, I guess. Um, that's just, that's just me, but I, I think if someone was, like, like thematically or, like, hey, I love this army, I want to get into it, then, yeah, I would say um, the, first, the first purchase after would be the Blackguard or the Uncolored Swordmasters. Jose, you bring up some good points there, but as you know, me personally, I like thematic stuff, so I would never put Boltons or anything like that in my Targaryens, but like you say... <laughs> Blackguards are a very good choice for that very reason that you stated that just that holding objective there because cavalry are absolute trash at that, and that's usually where they get clobber stomped, anywho. So I'm glad you brought that up, Jose. Uh, speaking of Boltons, I have seen Roos NCU work wonders in a Targaryen list. His cards really give them a lot of control that they didn't have outside of Barriss or Walder, which are obviously other neutrals. Um, but also the NCU commander making up for their lack of activation sometimes. 
all the time. Let's be honest, it's all the time. Uh, and then uh, if you do then bring black card, you now have the Bolton keyword on the field, and his best card, Calculated Cruelty, has a short range aura for Bolton units to do auto wounds, so that really helps with that as well. So then they'll be able to hold objectives. They got extra activations via Commander. Panic tokens, not only can you use them for Russo's cards, but Dothraki and Unsullied already do so much damage that you're now upping that damage to overdrive uh, with those panic tokens if you need to. He works really well. People like Chris won't use him. People like me, people like Jose, we probably wouldn't either because we're thematic kind of people. Well, I might if I, you know, had to play Targaryens. I don't like speedboats yeah. in this game, so that's not my play style. <laughs> but I understand people who like it. They're just too fast. I feel like I'm just running into stuff. And yeah, me, me personally, the assholes. Oh, go ahead, Brent. Well, I, I was going to say, say me, per- me personally. Oh. <laughs> All right, really quick. I was going to say, me personally, yeah, like, like Justin said, I would never mixed armies so like if there's like a if there's like a uh a, a weak point in an army but it can be filled with neutrals me i just because of who i am i would not do it i would suffer through it until something came out in the army that could handle it but i wouldn't i wouldn't add neutrals so so that's that's just my that's just me because i'm a thematic weirdo like that sorry brett go ahead no you're fine i'm i'm always interrupting people no, I, I I'm just saying that's where that's where Brett the jerk comes in because I I don't really care about the thematic thing. Uh, so I I uh, Ruth is my commander of choice for them um, in the uh, random list or the random commander league where I managed to draw Targaryens twice somehow. <laughs> but, uh, um, I'm just kidding. But uh, I have Ruth. He's the only commander that I've used. Um, it's thirty points. Uh, he is the extra activation. And just like Justin said, I've got a unit of uh, Dothraki veterans in that list. And being able to use Roos's tokens either to trigger a card or, in, in my case, I just use them to to multiply the damage. Like <laughs> Roos's cards are cool and everything, but uh, for the most part, I'm putting panic tokens to make sure that when I hit something, generally in the flank, it's taking as much damage as I can possibly pump into them. Um, so outside of the activation advantage, I like Roost to to multiply their damage. I don't really care for sitting on objective tokens. So um, I used Jora in the Indie Generals event, but outside of that, any time I've ever played Targaryens, I've used Roost, and it, it seems to work out pretty well. Uh, even at some point when you've got Dothraki screaming all over the field, they have to react to that and they have to go deal with uh, the units that are threatening them. And then at that point, a lot of times they abandon objectives to go help their boys out. And Dothraki are fast enough, they just swoop right up on the objective, score it right at the end of the round, and then boom, they're off the objective again and flying around. Uh, Outriders are actually fantastic in Dance with Dragons because they get to shift three inches, and that shift isn't slowed down when they carry a token. So... Uh, they're not a bad unit to pick up a token with in a dance with dragons. But uh, outside of that, I generally agree. Being cavalry, they only have a maximum of two ranks. It's not hard to contest them for objectives once they get on one. They're just not an objective babysitting army. But 
they're they're certainly not user friendly because they're not or beginner friendly because they're not overly forgiving. But with that said, I think maybe my first choice for Targaryens would be Neutral Heroes Two, because they get an NCU in Tycho who can bail them out of a crap situation. Like they've got cards to help them get out of combat, and uh, you know you can use Tycho to do that burst heal, and then now all of a sudden you're Dothraki veterans who are horribly dangerous, and as Justin said, they're actually hard to bring down. You heal them up five, you're probably more than likely getting them their second rank back, and then, I mean, it's on all over again. <laughs> like, you got to catch them again. you got to try to pin them down again and hope that they don't have retreat cards. Uh, and then you got to try to kill them, and it's not super easy to do. So I would lean into buying Neutral Heroes 2 just to get Tycho. Um, that's a really interesting point because I do think that healing would help, especially in an army that, you know, you're from a starter box, everything has, you know, two ranks and you really need as many attacks as possible. Um, but that's a really good, that's, a, that's not a bad purchase either. It's a good point. Well, uh, especially the way that Tycho heals. So uh, I did mention that. Vets are defensive-ish, uh, like dead in the middle, but that doesn't mean that they're invulnerable and they can take a lot of damage. And you will lose double the amount of dice than a normal cavalry that loses a rank if you lose one rank. So you're losing four dice. No, you're losing five dice because they lose three melee attacks. Uh, and because of the start of the start of any turn ability for Tycho, you'll be able to, when you need to get that optimal charge off, you can pop Tycho to heal him back uh, plus whatever you need just to get that max ranks and then you're getting five extra dice five extra dice is a lot of dice that is easily the the difference between a dead unit and a live unit and when you do their charging volley with vets you don't want to be stuck into combat uh, it's not where they shine obviously so you want to kill what you're targeting and five dice is what's going to do it Yeah, I think um, we're going to actually end at 10 o'clock, right? Um, I personally, I don't have anything else to add. Um, it'll be interesting to see the uh, the Harakers come out and see how many points they are. See what Is they that how do you say for, it? Uh, I think I've been trying so. to figure That's that out I'm for a while. That sounds better than Harakers. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know how to say it. I'll probably pronounce it differently if you make me say it again. But... Uh, the Lions, the Lion Tamers. It'll be interesting to see the Lion Tamers and see how many points they are. Um, you mean the Lannisters? Kind of yes. <laughs> It'll be interesting to see if it helps, uh, helps them get their activation count up. Uh, it seems to be primarily one of the most important things to do right now is get the activation count up. Um, and then, of course, there's dragons coming. So, uh, yeah that's going to be an interesting thing. I wonder how many points they are. And I wonder how similar the other dragons are to Drogon. If they're, if they're even similar at all, uh, pretty interesting preview that they dropped on our head, but, uh, it's kind of a mystery. So we'll have to wait and see what's coming for them. But, um, if anybody's got any shout outs that they want to do, I guess we can do the shout out section right now.
Um, I guess so. Let me see. I'm trying to think here. What do we have? We have our tournament, our local tournament. Uh, that will be on the 12th. So that's coming up. That games plus in Mount Prospect, Illinois. Uh, if it's close to you, close to your area, uh, feel free to come in and, and get some games in. Uh, be part of the tournament. Uh, we the registration starts at 10:30. Um, so we, we and we and just in general, if you're in that area, the Mount Prospect, Illinois area, um, we do um, we do uh, a tournament every uh, second Saturday of each month. So just keep that in mind. Go ahead and shout out the A Song of Ice and Fire Guild. Uh, it's something that we've shouted out a couple of times before, but just uh, reiterating that we are there, we do exist, and we, we pump out a lot of content. Uh, for those who may not know, it's basically a collaboration of uh, content creators from around the world. Uh, currently, we've got Sunday Slaughter, Bliss Minis, uh, Mythico Studios, ourselves, uh, West Coast Bannerman. I'm sure that I'm going to forget somebody and I'm going to feel horrible. Um, uh, we just added uh, Energy, which is uh, Northern Realms Gaming. And uh, we've got a Song of Ice and Fire stats. Kill me if I'm forgetting somebody. I'm sorry. Did I, did I say Tabletop Warden from Germany? I did not. And we've got them. So we do a lot of articles. We do some faction focus. The focus for the guild is currently also on new players, getting, getting new players into the game, what new players need to do. So check out the page, uh, a song of ice and fire guild.com. A lot of really neat stuff there. The website is beautiful. It was designed by Nick from Mythico Studios. Uh, it's really easy to use. It's got some really, really cool features, some animations, and uh, definitely worth checking out. So go give them a like and a share. Dave has uh, let us know that he's going to be doing a giveaway, and he'll sort that out when he's back from deployment. So uh, just go ahead and check it out, like it, share it out, and uh, take a look at some of the content we put together for you. Uh, before we end, I also have a shout-out for once. So one of the players who came down to the indie tournament, he has an Etsy shop for 3D printing um, for trays and stuff like that for games so i'm personally going to make an order soon for a couple of the guys on the uh on the show here and myself uh it's it's convenient faction uh boxes to hold all their faction cards all the objective cards and it's got a um a lot of cool slots and everything for it on top of that a really small and easy to organize um token holder and right now i use this big clumsy box for uh, like all my games on tokens, but uh, the one he makes is is very accommodating for the size, and it's something I plan to bring to tournaments and stuff. Um, I I very much liked them. There were some for prize giveaways at the tournament. Uh, I thought they were great. So uh, the the Etsy shop is Tavern of 3D Prints. Um, just wanted to shout it out because I think it is great stuff that he's doing. And that's it. And that that was Laramie, right? Yes, yes, Laramie. And I believe, or I know, he's in our Generals event TTS tournament right now. So he's a super cool guy, and he does great work. Yeah, he's a really, really nice guy. I actually grabbed the uh, the Lannister box. I declined almost all prize support in that event, but I did grab the Lannister card organizer. It is super, super cool. So uh, definitely worth checking out. And he is a very, very nice guy, and he comes from a really nice gaming club so 
definitely would be awesome if, if you're able to support them. But I think with that, if nobody else has any other shout outs, uh, I think we can go ahead and uh, dismiss the small council. <laughs>